Welcome to Learn With Us, brought to you by 303 and We are a team of four non-financial advisors who are exploring a revolutionary new financial approach that goes beyond money to prioritize your emotional, mental, and spiritual well-being. Through weekly meetings and engaging podcasts, we strive to help you improve all aspects of your well-being as well as ours. Come join us on this journey of growth and self-improvement because at 303 and we believe true wealth extends beyond dollars and cents. Happy learning. I still use that part. You guys could just say, hey. Hi. What's up? What's up? So we've been talking about the richest man in Babylon for the people who are just joining us in this uh, voyage across or through or towards financial independence we are reading it's a wonderful it's, journey yes, it's been amazing so the book is the richest man in babylon and that uh, we are learning from our cat basically the seven cures that he considered were the most important ones in his journey from not having wealth to having wealth rags to riches yeah yes. rags to riches from beans to filet mignon. Yep. So, yeah, today is the sixth and seventh. You guys are doing, follow, guiding us through the sixth one, and then we are going to guide the audience through the seventh one. I read this chapter. It's pretty good. Or this cure, I mean. Only this one? I mean, if you're only going to read one, I guess it's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Funny. Wait, so maybe, the, let's, let's see what the rules have been so far. The first one was to start saving. The second one was to create a budget. The third one was to invest. The fourth one was to uh, learn or seek guidance, basically. Yeah, seek guidance so that you don't lose your investments. And then the fifth one was to make of your house or where you live uh, a profitable investment. And yeah, and those are the five cures that we have so far. Can have a favorite. They're all equally important. That last one, are you is it saying that you need to make it investable or more of don't make your house your biggest? Because that, I mean, that's what I was getting from is don't make it your biggest. Like you don't need to go and buy the biggest house. You need to get a reasonable size house. Ah, uh, yeah, he. I don't think I don't think he was giving out uh, like it needs to have this and this and that. It was what it was doing though. It was saying, "Look, your kids need a place to play around. You need to make sure that you have good food, right? And then a place to rest and be outside. You need these things. So make sure that your house has them." But then he was also saying, it's not until you own your house that it becomes profitable. Until then, it's not. And it's important to keep it's important to keep that in mind. No, I do remember that was actually a really big part. The, wait until it's, you own it, because that's, that's yeah. the difference between, like, oh, this is just something that's costing you money, and now, from here on out, everything you do is for your family. Mm-hmm. And obviously, there's taxes, which you never avoid. I just had a thought. I was wondering, have we read any part yet where he explains how you shouldn't like invest above your means if that makes sense like invest Le- above well, your means like put your money like spend your money in something but it's like too I don't know how to explain it. I guess with a house for example you should only 
you can really only right now get a $150,000 house, but you want the $400,000. So you just go for it because you can, but like, that's not really a smart business move. Like, shouldn't you work your way up to ha start small and work your way up? Uh, he, so he hasn't said that verbatim yet, but he's going to say it on the seventh cure. Oh, he okay. says you have to start small. Okay. Well, it says you have to I don't read ahead. Okay, that. I don't read ahead. So that's why I was wondering. I'm like, I feel like that's a thing. No, no, but I think he has made allusions to that, like when you're making the budget. I was definitely uh, going to say saying, that. There's definitely been references yeah. towards stay within your means. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's why he also says start with 10%. And then if you can do more without, you know, causing detrimental to your well-being, then you can start doing more than the 10 percent okay well that was like that's what i was going to say about the investing you were worried but you're supposed to only use the money you set aside you don't use your rest of your money you use your personal money for investing you don't use like bill money or whatever you want to call it right yeah it's i think he it's the 10 percent that you've been saving that you then start using it for investing which should be more could be more if it can be more, then make it more. But at the minimum, 10%. You're worth 10. I would say, according to our CAD. Well, ask yourself how much you're really worth. All of my income. <laughs> That's true. I was going to say, more than I get to keep. <laughs> All right, who's reading first? I'll go first. We're going to start with the sixth cure. The life of every man proceedeth from his childhood to his old age. This is the path of life, and no man may... Divert from it unless the gods call him prematurely to the world beyond. Therefore, do I say that it behooves a man to make preparation for a sub suitable income in the days to come. When he is no longer young and to make preparation for his family should be no longer with them to confront and support them. This lesson shall instruct thee in providing a full purse when time has made thee less able to learn. So our cat addressed his class upon the sixth day. So, yeah, so he's saying that everybody has to die. <laughs> and as sad as that may sound, you know, you have to think about it because you're going to leave family behind who you were supporting while you were alive and then you have to make sure that you can still support them while you're dead well just to verify he's saying you should die at a very old age unless the gods will call upon you oh that's true <laughs> yeah ideally ideally you would die of old age so basically he's saying don't wait until you're older to start this because you won't have the strength and the time and the ability as well as you would when you're younger. Well, you said to learn. I really, I think that's the main key is that you get stuck in your ways. The older you are, it's going to be harder for you to right. want to start investing or learning or I feel like that budgeting. falls under ability. Uh, okay. But, but yes, you're right. <laughs> he goes on to say, the man who, because of his understanding of the laws of wealth acquiring a growing a surplus should give thought to those future days he should plan 
certain investments or provisions that that may endure safe, safely for many years, yet will be available when the time arrives which he has so wisely anticipated. Haha, <laughs> that's funny. It's saying, dude, if you've been following the rules, now you have money. Now make sure that you plan ahead for the for retirement. As Amanda put it, invest wisely, do your research. <laughs> Don't make fun of my notes. No. They're yeah. cute. Do you want to take over, Amanda? Sure. All right. He continues. There are diverse ways by which a man may provide with safety for his future. He may provide a hiding place and there bury a secret treasure. Yet no matter with what skill it be hidden, it may nevertheless become the loot of thieves. For this reason, I recommend not this plan. <laughs> what? He's <laughs> like, don't bury it. It's a bad idea. All right. <laughs> Someone will find it. A man may buy houses or lands for this purpose. If wisely chosen as to their usefulness and value in the future, they are permanent in their value and their earnings or their sale will provide well for his purpose. A man may loan a small sum to the money lender and increase it at regular periods. The rental which the money lender adds to this will largely add to its increase. I do know a sandal maker named Ansan who explained to me not long ago that each week for eight years he had deposited with his money lender two pieces of silver. The money lender had but recently given him an accounting over which he greatly rejoiced. The total of his small deposits with their rental at the customary rate of one-fourth their value for each four years had now become a thousand and forty pieces of silver. Holy. Holy cow. What was that last guy? He had like a hundred and we were excited for him? <laughs> yeah. So wait, how much did it say? Oh, two pieces of silver for eight years? But it's like every paycheck. Was it six so, years or eight years? Eight years. Eight years. So it's eight times fifty-two yeah. times two, and that's how much silver he deposited. Oh, he did it for four hundred sixteen weeks. Wait, it says for four. It says so it for two. four years. Yeah. How come I thought it said eight? It's yeah. So that's eight hundred and thirty-two pieces. So he deposited eight hundred pieces. He made two thousand pieces. A thousand and forty pieces. So he made. 240 pieces of silver Yeah. Wow. off of his 800. So that's 25%. <clears throat> yeah. He just needs to wait a little bit more so that hmm. the money can, can duplicate once because it hasn't duplicated yet. All right, let me read. It says, I did gladly encourage him further by demonstrating to him with my knowledge of the numbers that in 12 years more, if he would keep his regular deposits of but two pieces of silver each week, the money lender would then owe him 4,000 pieces of silver, a worldly competence for the rest of his life. <laughs> I would say so. <laughs> Surely when such a small payment made with regularity doth produce such profitable results, no man can afford not to ensure a treasure for his old age and the protection of his family, no matter how prosperous his business and his investments may be. Just because your business is doing good this week doesn't mean it'll be there tomorrow. True that. But your investments will. 
He says, I would that I might say more about this. In my mind rests a belief that someday wise thinking men will devise a plan to ensure against death, whereby many men pay in but a trifling sum regularly, then aggregate making a handsome sum for the family of each member who passeth to the beyond. This do I see as something desirable and which I could highly recommend, but today it is not possible because it must reach beyond the life of any man or any partnership to operate. It must be as stable as the king's throne. Someday do I feel that such a plan shall come to pass and be a great blessing to many men, because even the first small payment will make available a snug fortune for the family of a member should he pass on. Hmm. Is that just like trying to hint towards death in or life insurance? Kind of like that, yeah. We did figure out life insurance. I think. Oh, you have some now? No, no. I mean, as a as a as, oh, a, as, a, as a civilization, yes, yeah, society, we figured it out. I think. I think, right? Yeah. Supposedly, I've I haven't done my. It is one of the things everyone says we should be getting, but mm -hmm. we we have yet to start. Same. Same. I would I would like to start learning about it. I I know I've only been I've on, how do I say this. I've only come across life insurance in two instances, and in both instances, well, because, you know, some people died, and then they left life insurance, and in both instances, it was a success story for the for the person, for the people who were left the insurance. They didn't have to fight it or anything, you're saying? No, it and it was, it was, a cons it was, they were considerable amounts, like for a, for, for a kid. For anyone, really. It's just a lump sum that you can take and invest in something that will, in turn, start creating more money for you. If you if you're, if you follow our cats, seven cures for a lean purse. Because if you don't, you'll probably spend it in. Well, life insurance can also benefit you if you're the one that has it. I've heard that. As well. Yeah, like you can use it as collateral for use loans. Use it as your own bank. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've heard that too. A lot of but TikToks. I don't know. But I'm I not sure. Yeah. Sounds like a rumor to me, but <laughs> I don't think it is. I'm gonna find out. I need to find out. But because we live in our own day and not in the days which are to come, we must take advantage of those means and ways of accomplishing our purposes. Therefore do I recommend to all men that they, by wise and well thought out methods, do provide against a lean purse in their matured years. For a lean purse to a man no longer able to earn or to a family without its head is a sore tragedy. This then is the second cure for a lean purse. Provide in advance for the needs of thy growing age and the protection of thy family. It's Wise man. Sixth. sixth. He said second. <laughs> I, I did hear second. Okay. Yes, you did. It's okay. It's okay. It, it happens. It's a joke. Like, <laughs> I'm not perfect. I want to go listen to it right now because I don't believe you. Uh, we'll Whoa. see. We'll see. <laughs> Challenge accepted. Hi, if we finish recording so we can start editing. <laughs> Great advice. Once again, our cat blowing our minds with his wisdom. I must admit that I hadn't really considered, um, whatchamacallit? Life insurance? Life insurance, yeah. Until, until this advice. Many things he didn't think about. I've thought about it a lot. And how many times have you read this book? Ooh, dude, I read this book twice a month. 
And you never thought about life insurance. Tell me. Oh, I know, but I mean that happened five years ago. Oh, That's okay. Right. But it wasn't because of that. If it wasn't because it was brought up, it was. I meant to say that it wasn't like a thought that grew out of my own creativity. Oh it no. It had to be. It had to be brought up for me to. Oh shoot, life insurance. That's a good idea. I feel like there was always TV commercials about it. It seems like something. I've, I feel like I've always heard about life insurance. Actually, I feel like for a while, wasn't a thing going around saying that life insurance was a scam back in the day? The I don't really... I think maybe it depends on the company, too, because some companies, they'll do everything they can to not give you the money sometimes. I That's have... what I always heard. <clears throat> so you must be right. I have that same idea for some reason that they're not trustworthy. It's a, it's a I struggle. Mean, maybe it I think it depends on, on what kind of accounts you get to with them. I have AAA, and they send me um, stuff in the mail weekly, get life insurance through us, and with all the rates and ages, and so they're constantly soliciting me to get life insurance. I'm always looking at it going, oh, that's not that bad. Oh, that's that's a pretty good deal, but I haven't done it because I really don't understand it. I don't really know what to buy or how to use it, I guess is why I haven't done anything with it. Yeah, I think there's different ways to set up your accounts. I remember I was watching this video and they were like, you need to go in and you need to talk to your agent and be like, I want this, 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 and this, and I want it set up this way. <laughs> right. Well, I, I guess I would need to know what I wanted then. That's the biggest thing. <clears throat> Can you, when you die, do your stocks, are they automatically inherited or do you have to leave them? Oh, shit. I was just, I just got worried about that. I was like, wait, if I died tomorrow, like, are they, they gone? could probably be cashed out mm -hmm. and given to, I would imagine they'd be cashed out. Cause that's <laughs> what they're just going to set in your account forever. Well, if you don't have a will, everything you own goes to your next of kin, unless you owe stuff to the state in which they take what you owe them. And then everything that's left goes to your next of kin. Next of kin doesn't necessarily mean your children either. That could be your wife. Be I your think it's, it's your wife first. Or what sisters. If, yeah. What if you both die and you have no children? Then it'll go to your sisters and brothers. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. And if you didn't have that, it'd probably be your parents if they were alive. Oh, yeah. Okay. Interesting. Dude, more questions. <laughs> <laughs> we're here to learn. We need accountants. Actually... You know what? Even it can even be broke down like this because my grandfather, when he died, he had a little bit of money. And so it was kind of one of those things that went to their next of kin, I think. So because my dad wasn't alive, it went to my aunt, my aunt. So it was split up into three ways because he had three kids. It went to my two my aunts and then the third portion that was supposed to be my dad got split in two and went to me and my sister oh okay had to be split one more time yeah hmm. interesting it is very interesting shall we move on to the seventh gear and final yeah, i have to find my place again because i closed my book like a derp <laughs> we started using sticky notes yeah. Life changer. Little teeny post-it notes. Tiny now they're ones, all yeah. over everywhere. Look how cute they are. I found it. Oh, Juan has these little unicorn bookmarks <laughs> that I bought him a long time ago, but, you know, he doesn't care about them, so they're thrown around, and I don't know where they are. He just smiles. 
Jeez, Juan. He likes them, I think. You have them, don't you, still? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Awkward. You he does have them. Oh, no, I do have them. Okay, this is the seventh cure, which is increase thy ability to, ability to earn. Increase thy ability to earn. This day I do speak to thee, my students, of one of the most vital remedies for a lean purse. Yeah, I will not talk not of gold. Wait, sorry. Yeah, I will talk not of gold, but of yourselves. Of the men beneath the robes of many colors who do sit before me. I will talk to you of those things within the minds and lives of men which do work for or against their success. So did Arkad address his class upon the seventh day. Not long ago came to me a young man seeking to borrow. When I questioned him the cause of his necess necessity, he complained that his earnings were insufficient to pay his expenses. Therefore, I explained to him, this being the case, he was a poor customer for the money lender as he possessed no surplus earnings earning capacity to repay the loan. What you need, young man, I told him, is to earn more coins. What dost thou to increase thy capacity to earn? All that I can do, he replied. Six times within two moons, I have approached my master to request my pay be increased, but without success. No man can go oftener than that. We may smile at his simplicity, yet he did possess one of the vital requirements to increase his earnings. Within him was a strong desire to earn more, a proper and commendable desire. Proceeding accomplishment must be desire. Thy desires must be strong and definite. General desires are but weak longings. For a man to wish to be rich is of little purpose. For a man to desire five pieces of gold is a tangible desire which he can press to fulfillment. After he has backed his desire for five pieces of gold with strength of purpose to secure it, next he can find similar ways to obtain ten pieces and then twenty pieces and later a thousand. And behold, he has become wealthy. In learning to secure his one definite small desire, he hath trained himself to secure a larger one. This is the process by which wealth is accumulated. First in small sums, then in larger ones, as a man learns and becomes more capable. It's literally the question I had like 10 minutes ago. Oh, I just wanted to, he, so he was just saying basically we need to add realistic goals or attainable goals. Well, I've heard that. Better. I've heard that before. If you're like, oh, I just I want to be rich. It's like, okay. Or if you're like, oh, I want a million dollars. It's like, okay, well, why don't you start with like 10,000 first <laughs> and then go to like 15,000 and... I mean, because think about, I mean, I guess you can, you could jump your income that, that much, but it's way less likely. Cause if you're like, oh, I want to up my income by $5,000 this year, that's way more achievable than say, oh, I want a million dollars. It makes me think of that guy from work who worked there for a week, remember? And he's I like, felt... I'm going to be a millionaire by the end of a year or something like that. It was like so unbelievable. We just look at him and we're like, we like, we want to be millionaires, but. We don't like sit here and say it out loud to people because we're not we're talking that way for fun. <laughs> Sometimes it feels like if you say, oh, I'm going to be, I don't know. It's like I'm going to be this or I'm going to have that. It's 
I mean, I guess you could say, you know, in, in the long run, like, I really want to have this. I mean, you can't say that, but I don't know. I feel like it's almost like reaching into a black abyss. <laughs> You're like, oh, I'm going to make a million dollars by the end of the year. It's like, okay. No, and when you don't, I just heard this thing that when you don't do things that you say, you give yourself self-doubt and then it builds up and then... Every time you're going to set a goal, your body, you automatically tell yourself, no, you're not. Yeah, so don't give yourself unachievable goals. It's like it's deeper than you think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he says, desires must be simple and definite. They defeat their own purpose should they be too many, too confusing, or beyond a man's training to accomplish. As a man perfecteth himself in his calling, even so doth his ability to earn increase. In those days when I was a humble scribe, carving upon the clay for a few coppers each day, I observed that other workers did more than I and were paid more. Therefore did I determine that I would be exceeded by none, nor did it take long for me to discover the reason for their greater success. More interest in my work, more concentration upon my task, more persistence in my effort, and behold, few men could carve more tablets in a day than I. With reasonable promptness, promptness, my increased skill was rewarded, nor was it necessary for me to go six times to my master to request recognition. Hmm. Yeah, this is true. I can I can see it in, in my bartending. Like the more I learn about bartending, the easier it gets to make more money bartending. Because you're worth more because you know more. Yeah. Well, you don't necessarily have to ask for a raise, though, as they do. Because your, your work pays for itself almost. like Kind of, yes. Yeah, yeah. But they have to physically, even if you they work harder, doesn't mean any more money. Like, if he did 10 tablets that day, it doesn't mean he's going to make any more money. He has to He has to go ask his boss to be paid more per hour unlike your job where it's you can the, the harder you work the more people will want to tip you mm -hmm. but that still affects his boss that's true because if they're all saying he's this still, bartender is horrible we're never coming he's back still worth more <laughs> if you if you're if he's the head bartender of some place he's worth more than the bartender they just hired last week when he can run the bar and he orders the stuff and he takes care of the inventory and all of that goes in with it so he he should the the positions not just showing up and leaving when the job's mm -hmm. done so this guy can make whatever 40 tablets compared to 10 in a day he's worth more yeah. Well, that's what he was saying. Let your work show. Right. The tablets speak for him. When the boss comes over and sees he's got 40 done at the end of the day, he's going to be like, oh, wow. He's right. not, He doesn't have to say, well, I've been working hard. And he's like, oh, where? Right. But one as a bartender and lead bartender, he gets extra money from his customers because he does a good job. But he should also get extra money from his boss because he does a good job. Because those customers wouldn't be there if he did a crappy job. So at all. So everybody's worth what yeah. what they're worth. As long as they they make an effort in yeah in yes, getting better, yeah. right? Like um, the guy that can run the line and run the whole restaurant, he deserves thirty dollars an hour. Unlike the seventeen year old salad prep guy, <laughs> you know. 
Like everybody's worth something. Yeah, look. Then it goes, the more of wisdom we know, the more we may earn. The man who seeks to learn more of his craft shall be richly rewarded. If he is an artisan, he may seek to learn the methods and the tools of those most skillful in the same line. If he laboreth at the law or at healing, he may consult and exchange knowledge with others of his calling. If he be a merchant, he may continually seek better goods that can be purchased at lower prices. So, yeah, never, never stop learning. That's true. We forget about that. Huh? Like, we just get complacent. Unfortunately, it's, it's a very yeah. human, humanistic trait. Always do the affairs of men change and improve because keen-minded men seek greater skills that they may better serve those upon whose patronage they depend. Therefore, I urge all men to be in the front rank of progress and not to stand still, lest they be left behind. Many things come to make a man's life rich with gainful experiences. Such things as the following a man must do if he respect himself. So these are going to be the last sets of advice that he's going to give us. It goes. He must pay his debts with all the promptness within his power, not purchasing that for which he is unable to pay. He must take care of his family that they may think and speak well of him. He must make a will of record that, in case the gods call him, proper and honorable division of his property be accomplished. He must have compassion upon those who are injured and smitten by misfortune and aid them within reasonable limits. He must do deeds of thoughtfulness to those dear to him. Thus, the seventh and last remedy for a lean purse is to cultivate thy own powers, to study and become wiser, to become more skillful, to so act as to respect thyself. Therefore shalt thou acquire confidence in thyself to achieve thy carefully considered desires. These then are the seven cures for a lean purse, which, out of the experience of a long and successful life, I do urge for all men who desire wealth. There is more gold in Babylon, my students, than thou dreamest of. There is abundance for all. Go thou forth and practice these rules that thou, that thou mayest prosper and grow wealthy, as is thy right. Go thou forth and teach these truths, that every honorable subject of his majesty may also share liberally in the ample wealth of our beloved city. Dude, that last thing is so true. There is so much money in the world. Not just in Babylon back then, but in the world right now. It's crazy. It's it's unbelievable if like if you try to even think about it. Yeah. Every industry you can think of, like shoes, pencils, erasers, clothing, haircuts, anything, anything that's a product, there is so much money around that product. Wow, I didn't, like, right now I'm, like, looking just on my desk and like, everything here is something, even those paper uh, push pins, those, uh, someone's made money off that. Like, yeah. Everything on this table, is, someone's made a dollar off me. Or it also means that there's that many ways to make money. I got, yeah, I guess that's the really cool point is that everything on this table someone was willing to pay for, so you have to find out what people are willing to pay for. It feels like every sentence in this book is 
you could talk about it for for an episode. Just a lot of wisdom. They have compassion. That one threw me off. Well, not throw me off. I just wasn't expecting it because it's, of course, you, you're supposed to have compassion. And then, but it also says help them within reasonable limits because there's another lesson where you're not supposed to uh, take ownership of other people's problems. Like don't make them your problem. If you're going to help them, make sure that, you know, you help them to reasonable limits. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Well, it's like lead a horse to water. You know, you can bring the horse as close as you can to the river, but after that, it's really up to them and God and nature. And mm-hmm. Like, you can't sit there and drown everybody trying to be like, this will help you. Yeah. I liked what he said about if you want to respect yourself, those are rules that you need to follow. Because also, I feel like if you want other people to respect you as well, you need to follow the same rules because if you don't pay people back, everybody's going to be like, Oh, don't give that guy money. And if you don't take care of your family, you're not going to look like a good guy or a woman. So. And then the bank lender's not going to want to give you the money because they can see your house. If you've, if you've paid your bank on time, they will, they will look at you differently than if you hadn't like they will they will try to help you because they, they'll see that you're good good business for them so they will try to help give you more loans which is the way that they make money sometimes they'll even give you special exceptions too yeah that's true like they'll work around they have pro- po- uh, policies that they can use to work around certain other policies for customers who prove you know oh really they got like a trustworthy policy or Except, yeah things it. like that exactly that's exactly. kind of awesome so that's part of every book we read they do tell us to build a relationship with your banker i feel like that's definitely part of it so they can give you all these special they know who you are they trust you they yeah you're not some weirdo walking in one day with this plan that you wrote on a napkin <laughs> You need a little more detail. <laughs> wow. Dude, can't believe we're done with the cures. I wonder what the students in Babylon felt when this guy came to them and told them the, the secrets. I guess not a lot of them believed him all, uh, immediately. Remember when he went, uh, when the friends of uh, Bansir? Oh, they all walked away and they yeah. were like, whatever, this guy just got his money. He's lucky. Mm-hmm. None of this matters. No, maybe he wouldn't get that that response from the class because they they wanted to be there to learn. I bet you there was still one or two who, uh, by the end of it, was like, "That was stupid." Probably. <laughs> I'm going that... back to Marx. <laughs> <laughs> that just wasted seven days. Yeah, he made me come on a Sunday. <laughs> I wonder if this is like the Cliff Notes version. <laughs> Oh, probably the lesson was it was a, a tablet, longer. you know. <laughs> he was like, let's just sum this up. <laughs> what more what more to say about this? About what what about this structure? Maybe we should do a quick rundown, seven cures. I know we did kinda of in the beginning, but Oh yeah, let's just recap all of them or just say what they are. Alright. I'm gonna do I'm gonna do like a, a quick quick yeah, quick question quick question and answer so everybody be attend. To oh, what's gonna come up? You're not gonna say what those chapters you guys are? ready? Like, Amanda, 
So the first the first cure was to start saving, and it was about what doing was the, the ten percent. Starting to save. Yeah. So the question it was just what's the hardest part about saving? I would say initially actually doing it. The first the first step is the hardest thing, I think. I think the first the hardest step for me was actually putting that first ten or twenty dollars away, setting it all up and and ignoring it and realizing that I didn't need it. And for like two, three weeks I was like Oh, I don't need that money. And then I instantly started being, let's put more in. Let's put more in. How much can we put in there that we don't need? And like my whole mindset changed. Do you, oh, so that was, that was kind of like the, the moment when you realize this can be done. Like the, the saving is actually something that's possible and good. Yeah, because I always felt like living, I was living paycheck to paycheck, to paycheck and like wouldn't, never even have enough money in the week to pay for what I needed and buy what I needed or but then I, re I guess I realized once you start saving that that I didn't need all of those things I just wanted them because I still have more than enough and now I still have money in my bank account so I, it was really just a mindset for me Connor second cure control by expenditures that means budget 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 oh, what do you think about the budget I love the budget now I I was kind of against it because I felt like, like I control my money. What do you mean? But once you write it down and you see, you're like, oh, really? I'm wasting this much money on this product. That's just absolutely ridiculous. And then you times it over 12, you know, because we were doing it for a month budget. So then you had the times it by 12 and you're like, well, I'm spending that a year on absolutely nothing that I do not even care about. So that was the biggest thing for me. I mean, the budget for us was Amanda got to quit her job because we realized it was it was more profitable to have her at home than it was to be at work. That's, That's like the ultimate that what do you call it? Like the ultimate success story. Like when it's I, <laughs> I, I can't believe that it happened so fast too. It, yeah, how else do you wild. know? How else would you know? Yeah. I mean, if you don't write it down and figure it out, do the math, do the numbers. It's numbers don't lie. The third cure, make that go multiply. So investing. Alita, you invest, don't you? I do. If somebody in the U.S. has no idea where to start, what would you like? Okay, maybe you can tell us how you started. I was gonna say, where did you? Start? Yeah, where did you start? I guess on Stash and Robinhood. So using apps on the phone? Yeah. Doing the just the automatic withdrawal once a week because that helps. So you're not like, oh, I need to add more money every once in a while. It just automatically comes out every week. That's cool because we tried to get Amanda's sister into that. She That's what she said. She was afraid of investing because she should always touch it. But if it comes out automatically and then it's put into there, it's gone and out of sight, out of mind. Yeah, definitely do it automatically. Mm -hmm. Because most of the time it comes out before you even realize it was there. So then you're not like, oh, no, where did this, I don't know, like $50 go? It's, you know, it's just, it's easier that way. You don't even notice that it gets taken out most of the time. I used to save my money in an envelope and just keep adding to it. And one time I had like 
the time it felt like a lot of money. It was like $800 or something because I would just put like 20 a week, 20 a week and forget about it. And I had the envelope hidden somewhere too. Like it was a whole deal. But somehow all of that's gone. Like I just, I just robbed myself. <laughs> I just needed it for something and it was there and then it was gone. That's why I definitely like not being able to touch it. He did just say that someone will always rob your treasure, even so don't you, hide it. Even if it's yourself, <laughs> desperate. Yeah. Even if, if it's you evil. hide it, yeah. Because yeah. you're like, I know that's there under my mattress. I'm gonna go get it. I I am the worst one when it comes to that. I always know that. I've, well, I've always got that as a backup. No, you don't. Protect. Yeah, I've had to. I know. Lots of time. Well, we have that money. I'm like, no, it's gone. It's dead. <laughs> you know, I did that once. Well, it was. I wasn't really saving a lot of money i just had saved for one specific thing i had put 300 dollars aside i put a little bit each time because i was going to go get a passport and it was going to cost me like 300 dollars. well guess what i uh don't have now i spent that <laughs> money and i still don't get a passport Jeez. Yep. <laughs> this, and this was years ago that i did that for the longest time i held on to it i'm like don't touch it don't touch it don't touch it well eventually one day i Reached in my glove box and I took all that money. That's the worst part. You always say you're going to pay it back. You're like, oh, I'll just put money in next week and it'll be fine. Never yeah. happens. Yeah. I'm going to get me a passport though, guys. The only thing that's safe in my around me in my house for cash is the penny jar. Yeah, because the... got time to spend pennies. Because yeah. <laughs> even the quarter jar, I will roll them <laughs> right up and, and use them, but... I will leave the pennies alone. So now we roll up all of our change and we invest it. Nice. Okay. All right. The fourth girl. Guard thy treasure from loss. Juan Pablo. Yes. Have you suffered loss of your treasure? Wow. What a great question, Juan Pablo. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> the answer is yes. Well, tell more. I will. Uh, no, I'm not going to go into detail, but it, it's funny because I think it was two years ago or last year, I, I, I became a victim of a, of a poorly, poorly researched investment. So it, it happens. It happens. What I would, what I would say though, is that if, if it happens to you after you, after you did it without asking for advice then it's on you like shame on you you should always be asking for advice uh, everybody should have a group a group of advisors for all kinds of decisions that you make not only financial but especially financial well shouldn't you at least because some people don't have they don't just have a group of people around them like Find if them. you're a person that doesn't know anything Join us. You're not just going to necessarily have them. So at least do your research. Well, yeah. I was going to ask you, did you learn something from it that was valuable other than don't put your money in there? I don't think so. That's the only, that's the, that's, that's the, only the lesson. lesson. <laughs> that's the lesson. The lesson is don't do it. Don't do it. Like ask, ask for advice and well, if like you decide research? to do it. Yeah, if you decide to do it after that, then okay, take it. If it's a loss, take the loss. If it's a win, you earned it. But, but ask for advice. That's the, that's, that's the lesson. 
And I think what happens is that we get used to not asking for advice and we get used to ignoring the advice that's given to us because a lot of the time people just give you advice without you asking for it. So it becomes like a, it like there's an inflation. Advice is so overinflated. Nobody cares for it anymore. But then when, so what happens is that when it comes to moments when we have to make decisions that we should have asked for advice, we didn't and we got used to it. So we kept not asking for advice and it became normal, but that's not normal. That's bad. Do you bad, think it's bad. a pride thing? Like first, maybe for some. Yeah. Yeah. I was trying to give people the benefit of the doubt, but it could also be a proud pride thing. Cause I feel like that's what happens a lot is when you're like, Oh, well you could do this and hum or humans, but <laughs> people generally just don't want to hear that. You know, they're like, Oh, well, what do you know? And, they don't want to believe in what well, makes you think you know more than I do. Yeah, that's just your personality, I guess. Maybe just need to learn to. Uh, what was I going to say? Constructive criticism, I think, would play a big part in that, especially as when you're younger. If you can handle it, then when you're older, you can ask for advice. And also, advice also needs to be given in in a palatable manner too. Because a lot of times we will overlook that and we'll think we're being reasonable but the way we're doing it or we're giving it the tone maybe even our body posture is completely like overshadowing the message but hey the fifth cure amanda <laughs> make of thy dwelling a profitable investment what did this mean i forgot <laughs> i'm just kidding <laughs> so this one means basically to have make your house not a liability it's the have your own dwelling. Put money into your own home versus paying for somebody else's home. Is that what it says? Basically, that by the oh. end of renting, you'll never own your house, but at, you'll own your house and then your children can use it and you can grow food. I feel yeah. like the house one wasn't necessarily about, or wasn't necessarily just about financial wellness it was about like all around wellness as far as your happiness goes and your family's happiness and your confidence and also the financial part was was part of it as well but i feel like it was more that one was the one that involved more than just financial happiness yeah that's a good point what do you think amanda about the do you think that our god is saying that you know your your wealth your health and well-being is something that you have to invest on. Like indirectly, he's saying that or he's saying it directly. Yeah, I would say you have to invest in your health. If not more than your wealth, because if you don't have health, you can't get the wealth. <laughs> yeah, that, and even that, if you have no wealth, health, no wealth, and you got no wealth or no health, you ain't gonna be able to spend your wealth. Mm -hmm. No health. Well, or you no will, health. but it'll just go down the drain in medical bills, and that's so fun. Yeah. All right, Connor, the sixth cure: increase a future income. What was the homework? Oh, life insurance. <laughs> uh, yeah, for real. Looking to 
having money for your family. Yeah, after we cannot directly take care of them ourselves. Alita, seventh year. So oh, sorry. Oh, I was gonna say, was that one solely just on the like for your family? Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. it was about leaving some sort of wealth for when you're old and feeble. All right. So the seventh cure, Alita, increased liability to earn. Huh. Oh, well. I don't know what to ask about this. I don't know. I guess just improve your work. Do you have any examples where you've put that to practice and it's worked out? I have an example. Do it. Go for it. Oh, you what? go for it. Well, I was about Alita. Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. I was just—I was just gonna say you're just simply even your job position, where you work, where you your initial position, and where you are now, is advancement in, and learning, in financial, in your finances, and I don't know. You probably know a lot more now, just from the, your job position and what you've had to do. Did you ask for your promotion, or did it come because of your work? I guess. I think it was a little mix of both. Yeah. Like you were trying to prove yourself because you wanted it. And you didn't have to ask 60 times or whatever this guy. Yeah, six times in two months. <laughs> Damn, yeah. son. Well, it's been great so far. I don't know what more to say about the seven, the seven cures for a lean purse. Hey, peace out, Girl Scout. Bye. <laughs> we can always keep, you know, extend the discussion on our social medias. Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, TikTok, Facebook. Oh, I said, already said Facebook. Insta. Insta. Forgot that one. Definitely the IG. questions on all those. Did we tell everybody we changed podcasts? Platforms? Oh, no. We Host. I'll have to add, like, a newsletter. Okay. So that way on YouTube, they'll know where Podbean now. Next week, we're going to be talking about luck. Oh, yeah? Yeah. It's about luck. Next week, will be chapter four. Meet the goddess of good luck. Hope to see everybody there. Yeah, spoiler uh, alert. Don't don't believe in good luck. Aww. Yeah. <laughs> no, it says work hard. <laughs> see you all then. Have Peace. a good week. <laughs>